Hello, and welcome to the French News Hour, presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is January the 17th, 2023. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. What is up, dude? Not too much, man. Been a little while. Took the week off last week. Yes. We got some travel delays here, right? Weren't you part of that whole mix-up? Large travel week. I was, man. I was. It was actually really crazy. It ended up not being crazy. We got to the airport. I was in Phoenix, and we got to the airport early, like, 5:45, and there was a bunch of weather going on in 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 the west ton of rain so like a lot of flights were getting canceled anyway and we got there to find out that the faa had grounded all flights mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's interesting so i'm looking up on twitter what's going on and we come to find out that that's that's the first time that the faa has grounded all flights domestically since 9 11 whoa and then we looked at the date and it was 111. And we're just like, you know, 10 hats going on, man. Mind is spinning. Like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, shit. Um, and it turned out to be like a really minor glitch on some computer system that's woefully antiquated for the FAA. And it's a communication system that allows the pilot to communicate with the air traffic control tower about what's going on in the airport that they're landing in. So, mm-hmm. very important piece. Yeah. And it wasn't working. So, they had to ground all flights. Oh, for shit. like two hours and then they got it working and all was fine gotcha huh yeah but uh for a minute there it was a little dicey I'm yeah i'm sure i was going to be in phoenix for longer than i hoped get trapped <laughs> a lot of shit's been popping off though bro we we missed some crazy stuff last week we did before before we get into the crazy stuff oh yeah i'll show you something i just i i, I every every time I, I get a chance i like to share this with you because it's just so friggin cool is it space frank it is yes so this gal on Twitter, Sarah Salviander, shout out to Sarah, is giving us a galaxy a day for the month of January. And I came across this one titled M63 or the Sunflower Galaxy. Look at this beautiful bitch. Yeah. Looks very similar to our own. A little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, oh. Resides 29 million light years away in the constellation Cain Venetici. How about that, man? Doesn't that just kind of want to make you weep? That's real. Yeah, right. And that that could be a whole different us you know what i'm saying like they they found another they released another planet this week that is exactly like earth as far as like being in the habitable zone Mm -hmm. way the way the fuck out there and it's just it's just crazy that it think that like there could be a whole nother civilization a whole nother being whatever it is out way the fuck out there looking right back at us the same way thinking the same thing it's just it's hard to wrap your head around um which would make this next clip by bob lazar uh, (laughs) all the more interesting You know who Bob Lazar is? Oh, very familiar. Okay. Before I start this, never mind the uh, coincidence of, of Delta and Omicron. These are just Greek letters, so it has nothing to do with coronavirus. What they call Omicron configuration, where the craft is using one generator, uh, or Delta configuration, where it's use, utilizing all three. Delta configuration would be for space travel. Essentially, the craft will tilt up on its side, focus the three gravity generators to a single point and move through space that way. If you were going to see one of these crafts at night operating, it would appear really as a glowing ball or uh, just a bright light in the sky from a distance. Uh, Even close up, you'd see a, a glowing halo around it. What you're dealing with is a high energy source in essentially a gas atmosphere, oxygen, nitrogen. And uh, when you apply enough energy to a gas molecule, they emit photons. They emit light. Yeah, you don't have to. That's not too much of a stretch for me. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> I love Bob Lazar, man. He's he's 
he's been talking about this shit for years, dude. Finally got some like shine uh, after Rogan, but that dude's the man. Yeah, seems like they're fucking with us, you know. Like, like you know, when you have like when you're playing with a dog and and you hold, you're holding the toy just high enough, like doesn't matter how high they jump, they're never going to get that toy. Yeah. Like, that's what they're doing. like they just know that they're so so superior. Their technology is so superior to ours. Right. There's no way that they're gonna get caught. Mm-hmm. Whoever they are. <laughs> they. Anyways, we did miss a ton. I don't know what you want to start with. I don't have anything cheery. <laughs> Nothing cheery um, at all. I, not really, man. Let me give you a, a random quarterback compared to Aaron Rodgers, and let me tell you, like, let me see if you can guess, based off career stats, who it is. You ready for this? Sure. So, unnamed player, he played for 18 seasons from 04 to 21, where Aaron Rodgers has played from 18 seasons from 05 to 22. This player had three Super Bowl appearances to Aaron Rodgers' one Super Bowl appearance. This player had 13 playoff wins to Aaron Rodgers' 12 playoff wins. This player is... Number five all-time passing compared to Aaron Rodgers, who is number nine all-time passer. Uh, This player was the number three fourth quarter comeback quarterback with 41 of them in his career compared to Aaron Rodgers, who has the number 28th with only 21 of those. He's the number one quarterback for 500-yard passing games with four of them compared to Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have any of those games. And this player has 166 career wins compared to Aaron Rodgers, 149. Who is this player? Three Super Bowl appearances. Mm-hmm. 04 to 2001. So he, he he retired last year. 2021. 21, I mean. Three Super Bowl appearances? It's crazy. When I saw it, I was like, whoa. I don't know who's been to the Super Bowl three times that isn't playing, that retired last year. I don't, even, I don't have a guess for you. Give me a hint. He won two of the Super Bowls. It's not Eli. He retired longer than that. Mm-hmm. He's two-time Super Bowl champion. He mm-hmm. he played on the team. Well, he must have been a he must have started the game if he had all those stats. And so I'm saying this guy is like the number five all-time passing, the number three in fourth quarter comebacks, leader of 500 yard passing games, and has almost 20 more career wins than Aaron Rodgers. When you think about it, like people talk about Aaron Rodgers being one of the greatest of all time, and then this guy. I don't think gets enough shine for what he was able to accomplish. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, it is. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that wild, though, man? Like, I would never think, I would always think in my head, like, Aaron Rodgers, better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. But, like, really, for the same amount of time, this dude's done way more. That's pretty you know, wild. Early success, and, and Ben, towards the end, kind of, like, started to fall off. So, I guess maybe his legacy was a little tainted because of that, but... Plus, Aaron Rodgers beat Ben Roethlisberger in the only Super Bowl he'd ever win. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I, I saw that stat. I was like, yeah, I got to bring that up to Franklin. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Makes you ponder. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something else that makes you think. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I don't know what to, what to, what to pin this on, but uh, th- there's an alarming amount of children committing murders here oh. in early 2023. I don't know if this is normal par for the course. I feel like I would have heard about more of these if it were, but just in this early year, there's, so far as I can tell, uh, four stories of children committing murder. On January 5th in San Francisco, two teenagers were arrested in the shooting death of a security guard in Japantown in San Francisco. And it happened at 5 p.m., broad daylight. Shot and killed a security guard. Uh, One of the teenagers was arrested for murder. The other one was arrested for accessory. Hmm. The very next day, you might have heard of this story, a six-year-old shoots his first-grade teacher with a handgun in Newport News, Virginia. 
mm-hmm. leaving her critically wounded. And it just came out that the the, uh, the staff knew that this kid had a gun. What the fuck? What? Yes. I did not they see knew that. That he was in possession of a gun. What? For how long? I don't know. Someone's getting fired. On January 10th in Toronto, eight teenage girls were charged with the murder of Ken Lee, 59 year old Ken Lee. They're calling this a swarm death where they basically jumped him, beat him up, stabbed him, left him for dead. Teenage girls, eight of them. Whoa. And then in Dallas, Texas, just yesterday, a 14 year old girl shoots an innocent 11 year old bystander when during an altercation, she reaches for a gun and shoots at the person she was fighting with, misses and hits this 11 year old boy, shooting him and killing him. Mm. What the fuck, dude? Jeez. What are our children doing? Yeah. I, don't I don't understand. What are the parents of those children doing, bro? Where the fuck are these kids getting the guns? Lock your shit up. Like, Dude, I don't know. This yeah, stuff, I mean, these kind of stories make responsible gun owners look so dumb. And it's just like, there's so many other, so many more people that actually take care of their weapons compared to like these dumbasses that do this shit with their kids. But yeah. this is not acceptable. It should infuriate the millions of responsible gun owners who own a firearm and know how to properly store it and know how to teach your kids how to use it and know how to provide some sort of insight and respect to the weapon. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with these kids. If it's Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, maybe is that just fucking with their head? It must be some sort of desensitization to what it means to to pull a trigger. Yeah. Right? Because you're so used to seeing it in in a fictional realm. That when it's in real life, it doesn't really compute until you've actually pulled the trigger. Right. And then the consequences reach out to you. At, at that point, you know, tragedy's already struck. I don't know, man. It's, But it, it just shocked me. I, 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 I saw two of these stories, and then I saw a third. And then I started to look it up, and I'm like, how many more can I find? And, and this is literally just before the show. I, I found that that fourth one about wow. the one in Dallas, Texas yesterday. So I, I want to know, in the teenage girl one, like, what if that dude was like a fucking child molester or some shit and like had fucked with all of them, so they said, fuck this dude, let's kill him? It might be, but he, he was a homeless person. Oh, well, then never mind. Well, maybe he still did it. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But... It's that is possible, crazy, but yeah, that is, that is very strange. That's just something to keep uh, keep an eye on here early. I think uh, it's got my attention, so I'm gonna I'm gonna certainly keep it keep a lookout for as many of these mm-hmm. stories as I can find. And I don't know, maybe this is something that has been overlooked. But um, that Dude, that one about that six year old man, ooh, my god, yeah, well, the hell does yeah. a six year old know what to do with a gun mm-hmm. and to shoot it like that? I yeah, my it's craziness. Goodness. Well, the the main thing I wanted to talk about today. Is uh, uh, something I've wanted to talk about on the show for a really long time, but I think it deserves a lot of respect because it is so big. And uh, if we're going to talk about it, we should probably have all of the information at our fingertips. And there was a uh, study that came out just last week. So I, f- I feel like it's now a good time to talk about this. And the subject is pornography. Oh, Do you remember how old you were the first time that you saw porn? Not the mm. first time you saw a naked lady. The first time you saw porn. Probably... I want to say like eight or nine. Oh, really? I don't. Yeah, I was young, like, bro. Yeah. The first time you saw like two people on video having sex. Yeah, yeah. Older cousin showed it to me because he was like in high school or some shit, and he like he showed us. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember where I was. Mm-hmm. I was in the uh, the bedroom of a friend, and we were just you know kind of browsing the internet, and we would we would get into like uh, like e bombs world games that you could like. Get a picture of a naked yeah, lady here and there. They always had the ads on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know how we came across it, but we came across a video. It was like a 15-second video or a 30-second video. And it was like two people having sex in like the back of a van. And it was being filmed from another car on like a highway. It's very weird. <laughs> but I, I remember it distinctly because yeah. it was the first time I'd ever seen like like sex, like actual penetration. So I remembered it. You know, the, the access to 
pornography the way we have it now, I feel like it's relatively new, right? Like 10 years or so. I mean, as new as the, as, sure. the as the smartphone is, has been mm-hmm. our yeah. direct handheld access to pornography. So a uh, study comes out from uh, commonsense.com and uh, pretty, pretty trusted uh, surveyor. And they surveyed some 1,300 uh, stu- uh, kids between the ages of 13 and 17. And of that age group, nearly 75%, 73% of the respondents said that they've been exposed to pornography either accidentally or on purpose. And the people who said it was accidentally, you're liars, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> um, so that, I, I, don't, I don't think that's too like shocking or alarming, right? 73% yeah, right. of teenage kids have seen pornography. Yeah, I think that's on par with the entire country. Most teen respondents who intentionally watch pornography were regular viewers. It's about 60%. So a little bit more alarming. 60% of our of, of those teens are watching it all of the time. More than half of the teen respondents said that they had seen violent or, or aggressive pornography, including media that depicts what appears to be rape, choking, or someone in pain. And then many teens responded, respondents believed online pornography gives helpful information about sex, but fewer thought it accurately mm. shows sex. So I don't know what useful or helpful information that they're gathering from that experience. So on one hand, you have the abundance of pornography, right? All you can watch at your fingertips whenever you want. You could probably get some really off the wall shit. And as a young person, why that is concerning is because of what it does to your biochemistry. And I'm going to speak, uh-huh. speak here like I'm a scientist. I'm not a scientist. So if you get lost, I'll try and clear this up for you. But porn and masturbation spike the brain with masses, massive amounts of dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. The dopamine prohibits the release of prolactin. Normally, prohibiting the release of prolactin is a good thing. However, the more that you masturbate, the more you watch porn, the more dopamine it's going to take to prohibit prolactin. Mm. The amount of dopamine required to prohibit prolactin becomes unstable, and prolactin is produced at all times when the porn user is not watching porn or masturbating. Now, why is this important? It's important because prolactin is a key trigger to a hormone that prohibits testosterone production in your nuts, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you produce all of this prolactin, Prolactin triggers a hormone, and that hormone prohibits testosterone production. And excessive levels of prolactin will cause testosterone levels to be chronically depressed. And what we're seeing with children who are watching massive amounts of pornography is that if and when they get into a situation where they are participating in the real thing, they don't have the sex drive for it. They don't have any other experience other than what they've watched on a video screen, and so they can't get an erection, and they can't have sex. And Wow destroys them sexually, right? I mean, imagine that's your first sexual experience. Like, you just can't get hard. You're a 17-year-old kid or 18-year-old kid, however old you are. I don't know about you, man, but, you know, I could cover a, a full 40-hour work week with my erections <laughs> as a 17, 18-year-old. You know, up until, you know, up until whenever, you know, I mean, even even yeah, now it's an uh, issue, but I mean, I've never been in class just like, for no reason. Just a boner. It was, it was annoying. Um, I couldn't yeah. imagine being a child or, or a young a young man not being able to not being able to have an erection and and and, and have sex with a with a woman mm-hmm. and I can't imagine what that does to a young psyche. Oh my goodness! The worst was church though to get the unwanted boners in church. Always came out for some reason, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's TMI, but I'd always be standing in church like, what the f- why? Yep. <laughs> Let us pray. You gotta stand up. <laughs> we know that it's not terribly great for the young psyche. Uh, it obviously provides examples of sex that are unrealistic, 
also degrading, like like incredibly degrading, mostly at the expense of of, of women. Um, yeah. And the biggest problem is that porn is a fifteen billion dollar industry, right? So it's not great for us, yet we all consume it. Everybody, everybody, fifteen billion dollars. Everybody watches porn. It's it's one of those uh, phenomenons, kind of like obesity where we are now tasked, we're like the only people in history that are tasked with not becoming obese, right? That is our, that is our goal. That is our struggle is to not be a big old fat ass. And then in this case with pornography, we're the first generation that has to actively engage ourselves in healthy sexual behavior. It's never been a problem until right now. David Mia. Shiro. He's the superintendent of the Cajon Valley Union School District in East San Diego County. And he had held uh, tech and safety workshops and discussions for parents. And he refused to address pornography in any of these sessions. And there's a big, giant population of um, Middle Eastern people in East County, San Diego, um, as well as conservative Christians. It's kind of like the Midwest of San Diego, if you will, um, with some Middle Eastern refugee community sprinkled in. And they're at odds with this school district on how they're teaching sex education because they want there to be education on what we were just talking about, what pornography does to a young, malleable, vulnerable brain. Um, and it seems to be at odds with school districts. So that's another big giant layer in this whole thing is how do we, on one hand, say, here is all of the porn that you'll ever want at any given time. And here's how you deal with it. It's all very new. And I think it's, uh, it provides an incredible perspective, especially when you're talking about something, somebody like an, like an incel, like an involuntary celebrant. These people, I think, especially after reading this, are more victims than they're not, right? They, young, curious brain, finds pornography maybe at the age of eight or nine, right? And then their trajectory changes completely. And now that is all that they see, know, deal with, it causes them to not be able to have any sort of relationship with the opposite sex, sexually or otherwise. And so they say, instead of facing this problem head on, figuring out why it is that I can't do any of these things, no, they become trolls online. They become, they become, yeah. you know, they, they dig into their holes and their little dens, jacking off at all hours of the day. Mm -hmm. You can see that happening. Yeah, dude, I, I feel like it only gets worse as you like bring in, as VR gets better and all this other shit expands, like that industry... I don't think it's going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to make it as weird and gross as it sounds like more immersive of an experience. Like, you know, human to human interaction, I feel like in the future as this grows and grows is going to be, uh, you're going to see more of this pop up more and more. Like people's brains are going to be destroyed because of this, not just kids, but adults. Yeah. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because there's no, there's no solution, right? A, a direct solution, at least right now. It, it's going to take a lot of conversation. It's going to take people like you and you and I who I'm guessing, and I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but but uh, you know, if, from, from my experience, never really thought of pornography as anything as like you know malicious, right? It was just a yeah. way to get off. But then think about it, right? Think about you, the listener, the person listening. How many times that you've consumed pornography? How much you've consumed pornography? And think for a second, like how how that couldn't rewire your brain into something that is, at the very least, unnatural. And at the worst, uh, degenerative to you and your health, of your relationships, how you view women and people in general, our friend Mark Marin will be able to bring this home beautifully. 
the bigger point I'm trying to make is I don't think that our brains are equipped to take in as much fucking as we're allowed to take in on porn. All right, we're just people. You like watch porn. You like if you're like compulsive about it, like in a half hour you can watch at least 15 different sexual situations. How is our brain meant to handle that? I mean, we're just animals. I mean, if you're a fucking monkey and you're up in a tree and there's a couple of sets of monkeys fucking, I mean, you're like, all right, that's two, that's plenty. You, you know, like, but if there were 20, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening to the monkeys? So. So I'm just saying it fucks with your head. And I, I think that we're doing damage. Let, let me try to illustrate another way. Let's create an analogy. All right, you're at the end. We're at the, you're at the end of a hallway. It looks like a hotel hallway. There's 15 doors and they're all open. And in each one of the rooms, there are people fucking somehow. All right? And you start jerking off at the end of the hallway. And then you just stand in front of every door going, holy shit, what the fuck is that? How many people are in there? That's not a real strip club. And then you just come on the floor at the end of the hallway. If <laughs> that happened in your life, you would never forget it as long as you live. But no, now you can just do that in a half hour, right at your fucking desk. And you think it's not fucking with your head? Don't get porn brain. Here's how you know if you have porn brain. If you ever detach from the porn long enough to have a real sexual experience, if you ever walk into a room with a person that you're with that you're about to have sex with and for a split second when you walk into that situation you think, where's the other guy? <laughs> You'll have porn brain. You know, if you go for that split second, you're like, oh fuck, it's me. This is an interactive thing. There is no other guy. I'm the guy. That's when you know you've watched too much. That's yeah, funny. it's not something that you can you can't you can't uh, describe it, right? I don't know that while we're in it, we're able to describe that phenomenon or really you can do all the research you want, but I don't know that we can really describe what it is that it does to us. But I, I think we could all agree that it's maybe not the healthiest thing to have as much of an abundance in. Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe yeah. I don't disagree. No, I don't disagree. And and uh, you know. Hopefully this provides some perspective and, 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 you know, I'm not here to shame anybody or make you feel bad for your, your habits or what you like to do to each their own. I, know, I just think uh, it, it's definitely made me reconsider the entire industry and what it is about, especially with young children. I think you and I, and you, you could apply this for a lot of different things, but we were very lucky in the way that we grew up because we were just on the cusp of what the internet inevitably became. But we still mm. had the ability to have the experiences without being fully immersed online. And I think that provides us a tremendous advantage uh, over younger yeah. generations who are now face this difficulty without any other background of what life is outside of being plugged in. Oh, anyway. Anyway. What else is going on here? Uh, Somebody wrote a uh, research article in the National Bureau of Economic Research. Their argument is that school makes kids commit suicide. Oh. Whenever kids are in school, they commit suicide. When you cancel school, they stop committing so much suicide. They write here, this is more. This is not from the report. This is more tongue-in-cheek. People who have never read Lord of the Flies are like, but how? And the rest of us are like, did you miss the part where Lord of the Flies is just an allegory for English boarding schools? I wonder what will happen to children when we warehouse them together in competitive environments with approximately one adult supervisor per 20 to 30 kids. And that supervisor is not selected on the basis of moral wisdom or love of the child, but ability to confer facts. And also, we cluster the kids by age group, ensuring the hier that hierarchies are purely determined by personality-based aggressiveness without any age-relating offsetting. There's the actual data that shows that there is a correlation between the suicide rates of children 
ages 12 to 18 years old and during a normal school year between the, the months of June and August is when suicides happen the least when they're out of school. And then that data is backed up by data of teen suicide rates plummeting in March of 2020 and then rising, creeping back up in the fall of 2020 when kids return to school. And I just thought that that was the, like, you never think that, that very simple statement, schools make children commit suicide. But like, yeah, obviously if you're at home or you're going to a school, like a, a private school, right? Where there's maybe 10 to 12 kids and it's an incredibly strict curriculum and nobody has any room for fucking around and bullying is not tolerated, not even in the least. And everyone's held to the same standards. Everyone's kind of towing the same line. You don't have room for fuckery. A public school just throws many kids that happen to be in that zip code into that school. You have one teacher, like I said, yeah. per 20 to 30 students. And that's the only supervision they have. Kids are the worst, dude. You know that. You were a kid. They're the worst. They're terrible to each other. They're so mean, so nasty. They'll say whatever it takes to get the other person to feel bad and without any acknowledgement or knowledge of what their emotions are, either the bully or the person mm -hmm. being bullied. And yeah, I mean, so obviously it makes sense. If there are ever suicides among children, yeah, why wouldn't they happen while these kids are going to school? Yeah. But I mean, what, what's the alternative? Like home, everyone homeschools and then like the whole population is all fucked up with education. Like I, it's, I guess it's like almost a necessary evil in that, in that case, unless you're going to pay the people that run these schools more. Like how, I don't know. I don't know how they're expected to hold themselves to such a high regard from an administrative standpoint, if, if they're like paid shittily, like compared to like a private school teacher who's probably paid more and that's why they give a more of a fuck about their job and in turn, you know, provide better service to the kids and they feel better taken yeah, care of. Yeah, it's a tough question to answer, man. And I wish I had a simple a simple solution for it. The one thing that, that I, I know that I believe in heavily is the structure of, 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 of an environment of children uh, to, to where there is absolutely no, like the kids are in lockstep. I've seen this firsthand, the Michaela school in London, and it, it's the most jaw-dropping, eye-opening thing I've ever seen in my life where this woman takes, uh, goes into a, a, a impoverished portion of London, brings in students and has the strictest curriculum for these students. And I'm not talking about like education. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about when they go from class to class, they walk in a straight line and they shut the fuck up and they don't say a word, not a word, hmm. straight line, boom, class to class. Um, and then in the classroom, everybody's held to the same standard, no matter where you come from or what your parents' financial background is, that matters not. Everybody's held to the same educational standard. And if you watch these kids interact, they are the nicest, most pleasant, beautiful children you've ever met in your entire life. They're incredible. They're so nice and polite. And they all, they're all participating in the same way. They all feel loved and appreciated in the same way. And um, while that'll be a monumental task to implement something like that, say, in the San Diego Unified School District in such an incredibly liberal place as California, to me, that seems to be the only way to make that happen. The only way. Because if you leave children up to their own vices, I mean, I think it's common sense that they're going to choose the, the path of least resistance and they're just going to degenerate into primal monkeys and and do the thing that they know how to do, which is be mean and manipulate and, and be nasty. And I think that's proven time and again. It's the same question. Like, if you left a baby alone, right? Would that baby turn out to be good or bad? Are people inherently good or are they inherently bad? Right? I think it's that, that same question. Right. Based on experience. I do think there's some advantage to growing up in 
the chaos a little bit, I guess, too, instead of like so formal to this thing thing. Because then, like, when those people get into the real world, like that's not how people are interact or those people might have their shit together and they'll probably be successful because of that schooling, but probably be a little, I don't know. Yeah. But don't you think within you're, the world, you, like that's not how relationships are conducted and that's not how people actually yeah, act like every, I don't else. know. But, but see, but don't you think that, don't you think that training them to be that person and the, despite of everything that's going on, right? Because they're not at school 24 hours a day. So they have to go home. They have to mm-hmm. go interact in their communities to the extent that they do. And they're going to realize like very quickly that they are different from everybody else, whether that's yeah. good, bad. It feels like you're raising super soldiers. You ever seen that no. in like Marvel, no. like the super soldiers? It seems like an army, like it seems more like a military lifestyle than like uh, any kind of, I guess what would be perceived as like a normal lifestyle for a kid. Not that that's wrong. Yeah. I guess it just seems so, it, def- it definitely has like a military aspect to that. And I think, you know, there's tons of great people that have been in the military, but I also think like we've seen a lot of like defectors from the military and people that are that come out of it that are kind of fucked up too, you know, yeah. because of that yeah, lifestyle. Definitely. And 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 there's definitely room for error, I think, on all sides of it. But if your goal sure. is say, say you're uh the secretary of education, right? You believe in public schools and you're you're against school choice and you and, and you maybe don't want to delve into that because it's it, it will defund public schools or whatever, it'll take money away from this public school to give school choice to this person. You say, I, I, I believe in public schools and they can work. And if you're creating a structure that, that you can then implement on scale, I think children not only need, but deserve the most rigid structure because they crave that structure. They, they crave discipline. They crave discipline. As much as you might have hated it as a kid, you craved it because you, you know deep down that you don't know. And that mm-hmm. you're lost and that right, you're small right. and you're vulnerable and you don't know what to do and you need direction and the kids crave it. So I think they deserve that kind of structure. And I, I went to public school, man. I don't know if you ever went to public school. Did you ever go to public school or was it private school your whole life? No, I was private my Dude, whole life. Public school is a fucking zoo, bro. A zoo. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Eighth grade, mm. kids get literally sparking up joints in, in, the, in, the, in the bathroom. And here's me, right. this little old naive kid growing up in kind of a sheltered home with Catholic parents and went to church every Sunday and I'm seeing this and I'm like, yeah, yeah man, it was insane. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I have a taste of what public school is about and it's not like, I think they're all different though. I don't think every public school is like that either. I would, I would, Plenty I would agree people, to, there extent. are good public schools. I would agree to an extent. There's exceptions to that, but I think there's probably more bad ones than good ones would be and my then guess. That raises the question of school choice. Why would you, why would you pigeonhole a student to a shitty education based on the prosperity of their zip code. So if you do school choice, then explain to me like how, like w- what would a, would public school still be involved? Oh, sure. If there's yeah. So, school so choice? think about okay. this way, right? Like, Your son becomes of school age. He mm-hmm. has a dollar amount of voucher, if you will, associated to his education. Okay. Instead of funding the system that he would inevitably go into because of the, the the zip code he's in, right? The the taxes of where he lives determines how much money that school district gets in sure. general. So instead of being beholden to that, that school district gives up all of that money for those students and then places that student that money with the parents and says, parent, you decide where this money goes. And the parent says, there's not another school within 60 miles of me. I can't possibly pick another school. Okay, then there's your option. 
If you'd like another option, then you probably have to move or start a new school. If you don't want to do those things, then this is the option for you. Now, let's say you're mm-hmm. in the suburb of Chicago and you have a charter school here, a Catholic school here, a Protestant school here, two different public schools that aren't the one that are in your zip code, but have a much better track record of student success. Then you could take that badge and say, I want to put my money here. And does that mean this other school ends up failing? You bet it does. But then it invites competition. So then you get schools wanting to provide the best education so that they can garner the money from the students and their families that they want to pay it for. To me, it seems like the best way to go about it. It's a free market of of education. invites competition. To me, I I don't see any downfall to that. Yeah. As described, that that makes complete sense to me. You're going to get, like, schools are going to fail and close, but those were shitty schools and and shitty areas, and then all those kids have better opportunities to go somewhere better, is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, let's say that voucher is equivalent to $10,000 every year, right? And that'll cover the kids' education for any public school and most all charter schools. But it only covers about 60 to 65% of what the tuition cost is in a Catholic school, say. Well, then you'd be able to give that money to the Catholic school, but then now you're responsible for the other stuff that you have to make up. Mm -hmm. And you're not paying the Catholic school. The Catholic school is not getting government dollars. The Catholic school is getting your education dollars. Right, right, right. The only thing that I see in that whole system where it could be corrupted easily and probably would be is that there's only limited spaces in all these schools. I mean, they'd probably expand over time or whatever, but at first there's only Mm -hmm. limited spaces, which means that they're going to have to, at some point, like choose what they're letting kids in on, some kind of criteria. My guess would be that it would be the financial stability of parents because then those those people that they bring in are donors to the school in other ways yep. through athletics and blah, 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 blah. So that then I think you would just see most of the kids in the good schools would be all the rich kids. And then you'd, you'd have you kind of have the same system in a way, I guess. But it would be more cleaned up of the shitty, shitty schools. Right. But I feel like the, there would be an upper echelon of like. That probably is there now too, you know? So I, I don't know, <laughs> maybe not. Like turn it into like the university system where, you know, you're a legacy student, your parents went here, they're donors, this, that, and the other. You have a higher chance of getting accepted than some other kid applying from out of state who might have better grades or what have or you. From, or from the inner city whose parents aren't as well off and, right. and can't be a, a big as much of an asset to the school and fundraising opportunities and all this other shit, whereas... They know that these people that are from affluent areas, blah, 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 blah. I could see a lot of those nicer schools. But hopefully that would just result in more and more of those popping up because those other kids would have to go somewhere and that would have that would all that money would be funneling to there. So those schools would be good too. The one thing that is indisputable is that money does not fix a school or school system that is bad. It doesn't fix it even in the least. You're saying throwing money at one that's already shit. Yes. Oh, yes. Gotcha. No, it does nothing. I, hmm. Almost nothing. If you if you saw San Diego Unified's budget year over year, you'd shit your pants. Yeah. It's like $9 billion. Hmm. And there's still schools that don't have working air conditioning. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it, the allocation of it, the system, that is what's broken. And mm. if you want to begin to fix it, I think you take as much money as you can put it with the families and you let them decide. And then you let these, these uh, school districts sweat a little bit. I like it. Yeah. We need a little sweat. Competition's good for everything though. It's good for healthcare, education. Like a competition oh, yeah. is, is good. Like there should be basic options for people that could have been fucked by a system or disability or whatever, but like competition for the overall market and everything and, and most things make it better. Couldn't agree more. All right. 
would be remiss if I didn't touch on um, Joe Biden. Yeah, got to. And his documents. Gotcha. What a clown, man. What a clown. <laughs> Did you see the first? So there's like been like two or three rounds of, of documents found in Joe Biden's personal possession. And the first time the story came out, Peter Ducey of Fox News was at the White House press yeah. room and asked the question, how could he be so irresponsible to Kareem Jean-Pierre, which is the very same thing that Joe Biden said when he was interviewed on 60 Minutes about Donald Trump's documents. Um, so it's a very interesting little dance that they're playing uh, because obviously this happened way back when to Hillary Clinton, right? Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton had classified documents or classified emails on a personal server. And this was proven. And it was, in, in the words of James Comey, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, almost certain that foreign actors saw these private emails that were classified. Nothing happened to her, right? Because of the intent, right? There was no malicious intent. She wasn't trying to be any sort of spy or trying to uh, be a treasonous United States. Then the same thing happened to Donald Trump. Classified documents found in his personal possession, although he is or was the president. So now there's a whole different layer of protection over him and those documents, what have you. Now we get to Joe Biden, who had these documents in his possession when he was vice president and wouldn't give him the presidential protections or the ability to declassify documents that a president has. So technically, he's still more or less a civilian when he has these uh, documents in his possession. And the best theory that I've heard about all of this is that they needed to find these documents on Joe Biden because they're not going to prosecute Donald Trump for the documents that they found at Mar-a-Lago. And so this is like scapegoat, a way out for um, the attorney general to not prosecute Donald Trump and uh, say, oh, well, we found him in Joe Biden's possession as well. So mm, I guess we're going to go with the intent here, this, that, and the other. No. Um, I don't care. To be quite honest with you, it's, it's all kind of nothing. It's just we love political theater. The most interesting thing that I have found about all of this is that uh, the house where these documents were found, we find out that during the time that the documents were in this house, uh, Hunter Biden had claimed to own the house. But on tax returns, he's also claimed to rent the house. And we know this uh, because he had paid his dad, Joe Biden, $50,000 a month in rent. And hey. I don't know that any house is worth that in uh, whatever part of Delaware that they were at. Wilmington, Delaware, I think. Um, so he's paying Joe Biden $50,000. To be precise, he's paying him $49,910. Just so happens that that is the exact amount of a rental deposit that Hunter Biden made at a property called House of Sweden that was related to his business ventures with the CEFC China Energy Company that Hunter Biden was working with, that infamously, we found out that Hunter Biden was giving 10% to, quote, the big guy. So it all stinks to high heaven, my friend. Sounds, yeah. it, this is as smoking of a gun as I could possibly find on anything that we've ever found out. Uh, and this all does uh, stem back to that laptop. Mm -hmm. It all stems back to the laptop. So there it is. Did you see the thing about Hunter Biden with his, like he's got like, a, I think it's like a six-year-old kid with a stripper. Oh, yeah, and, and he's trying to like petition the judge to not let the kid have his last name, and yeah. that's the mom of like the the lady, mom of the kid is saying like, no, I wanted to have the Biden name. Like, there's 
success and all the shit attached to that name. Like I want my kid to, to carry that forward. And Hunter Biden's like, shut this shit down. Or maybe his dad and the family are like, shut this shit down, dude. Yeah. Joe Biden was asked about it. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah. He was asked about, oh. he was asked about, uh, the story that made him a grandfather. <laughs> Oh. He got really upset about it. Really? Yeah, he said it was. He, said he was real classy that you would ask that. Uh, Wait, so that was like his first grandkid? No, no, no I don't oh. really doubt it. No, no, no. Jesus, just saying, like made him a grandpa again. Real classy. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. It is interesting, man. Like I, I, I just you'll never know. But if the shoe was on the other foot and this happened to have happened during Trump era, I mean, it would be top news everywhere. Are you yeah. kidding me? Donald Trump has a. You know, or who would have been Eric Trump has a, yeah, you know, a marriage or a, a kid. Uh, what is it? What is the phrase? What's the phrase? I'm, I'm sounding like Joe Biden. Out of wedlock. Yeah. But, uh, uh, a love child. Here you go. Oh, a love child. Yeah. Dude, um, I saw another crazy fact about Joe Biden that said his birthday was closer to the inauguration and assassination of Lincoln than his own inauguration date. Jesus. By like. A few months, but still, that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, he's yeah. so old. Like, come he's on. so old that <laughs> that's our best bet. At the time of his inauguration, he had been in the United States Senate for twenty percent of the time that the Senate has been. Oh wow! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, he's that's old crazy. as shit, dude. You can't tell me he is not entrenched in one way or the other. <laughs> um, and then another interesting little tidbit that came out this week: uh, the CDC has. Uh, is they're investigating whether the uh, Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine creates an increased risk of ischemic stroke in people 65 and older. This is the first such investigation uh, into the COVID-19 vaccine um, that the CDC has opened up. And obviously, it uh, it begs a ton of questions. Um, there's a really, really good article uh, written by Mike Cernovich. And he talks about the the juxtaposition between people dying suddenly and the confirmation bias of everybody thinking that it might or may be associated with the vaccine, right? Why are we seeing all of these all of a sudden? Well, it turns yeah. out that like these deaths aren't rare. And to the extent that they're associated with the vaccine at all, we may never know. Because on one end, you have a bunch of people saying, you know, you can't, you can't talk about this. Like you can't, you can't question the vaccine. Obviously the vaccine works. The alternative is that COVID-19 spread rampantly, this, that, and the other. And then on the other side of that, you have everybody saying, well, of course this is due to the vaccine. We haven't seen uh, Peter McCullough. He was on, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, like last year, or the year before it was really controversial. He made this claim that there were 1,598 athletes that suffered cardiac arrest and that there were only 1,100 athletes that, that suffered cardiac arrest between the, the years of like 1966 and 2004, trying to make the case that, that there's been a lot of these deaths recently. And it's like completely false, right? There, if you scrutinize it just a little bit, you, you, you find out that it, it's not correct what he's trying to say, but it sounds good to people who want to believe that. Mm. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, Neil deGrasse Tyson was making the claim that the COVID-19 vaccine stops the transmission of COVID. So there's no middle ground. Nobody's trying to find the truth. They're all trying to find what, what facilitates their side and then use that confirmation bias to make a point. Um, and it's frustrating because I do think that 
Um, there could be some credibility to all this, right? And and it's frustrating because uh, on CNN a couple of days ago, they were talking about how we need to start looking about uh, uh, how many deaths were actually responsible, for, uh, how many deaths COVID was actually responsible for versus how many deaths, uh, how many people died with COVID, right? The same CNN, CNN saying that? Yeah, CNN saying that. What? Now, I don't know if you remember this. It was CNN, it was Fox News, it was MSNBC, it was every single one of the legacy media companies had a death toll ticker yeah. during COVID at mm-hmm. the bottom of their screen for months. They couldn't wait to tell you how many people died. And now they're saying, oh, we should draw that back. But if we bring up anybody dying suddenly on a, on a soccer field, a soccer player just happened to collapse it at being collapsed and otherwise healthy, we can't question that, you know? But if we do question it, how do we make sure that we're not doing what Peter McCullough is doing and just going completely over the top and saying that all of this is due to the COVID-19 vaccine and we've never seen anything like this before. And, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope there's some sort of independent study or some research facility that that's willing to, to do the hard work here and, and give us some sort of, sort of semblance of truth uh, because most of us have this fucking vaccine in us. And I think we'd all like to know what the hell the risks are going to be short and long term. Yeah. I know it's got me like pumping the brakes on getting boosters for now. That's for sure. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Is it? Is that across oh, yeah. the board? Yeah. yeah. Pfizer's even scaled back production because demand is plummeted, especially yeah. in children. Oh, that's encouraging. And that's kind of cool. You, I've seen during all this shit with Biden, too, in these documents, CNN has kind of turned on him a little bit, too. So that's good to see a little bit more of some of more fair reporting, I guess. It's encouraging. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. We'll see. Election cycle's coming up. Um, mm, yes. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of faith in it. Dude, what about this dude from New York that is like a complete liar? This Republican senator? Uh, oh, have you heard yeah. about this? Yeah. Bro, I what have. is that all about, man? I, I wanted to ask you about that, and I wanted to ask you about Jordan Peterson before we got out of here. What it, Like, this dude from New York, let me look up his fucking name. I can't even think what George it is. Santos. George Santos. He basically like lied about his entire background and secured funding from an investor like in the six figures plus towards his campaign Mm -hmm. all off bullshit. And he just got kind of called out for it last week. And people are demanding he steps down and and all these other things. What do you think about that? Um, I think Joe Biden lied about the exact same things and he's now president. (laughs) Did he really? He did. Oh, shit. Absolutely. Um, at least, at least his, uh, uh, his claims about where he went to school and what, what degrees he graduated with and his grades and all that. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't make either case right, but like, should this guy keep his job? Um, like he represents a bunch of people based on complete factual inaccuracies. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people calling for his job, even on the Republican side, there's people calling for his job. Um, he probably should do the politician thing and just dig his feet in and tell everyone to go get fucked. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that, that, that's, uh, it, 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 if, if, if you're playing power politics here, um, his, his number in, in the house of representatives means a whole lot. And so, um, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, probably not going to get reelected though. I would be probably not, probably not. I don't know. He's, he's a moron because, I don't know how you expect to get away with things like that. <laughs> in today's <laughs> world? Lies. Yeah. yeah like dude, when like Biden did it, blatantly. it makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> right. If you're, yeah, in 1975, if you're saying, I, I graduated top of my class at this whatever law school, then, all right, well, you know, I'm not I'm not apt to fact-checking that. Plus, it's going to take a lot more work for me to do that. But yeah, but this guy, I mean, come on, dude. All this mm-hmm. is public record. He claims yeah. he's gay and then, but divorced his wife two weeks before the election. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> it's just, like, it's just a lot of weird things. Know, Said his mom was dead and the there's like proof that she was alive like five, 10 years after she, he said that. And 
chronic liar. He'll fit right in in DC. They should. Yeah. Right. Arms. Okay, yeah. but now I know a guy you respect very much. Jordan Peterson is like under some fire or like in risk of losing his license or certification or something. I heard. I don't know much of the story. I haven't looked into it. I've kind of fallen off the Jordan Peterson train a little bit. He, I, I still respect him, and, and there's some of his work that I, that I will always go back to. It's seminal to my life at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I love it so much. Um, but recently, he's been kind of a dweeb. And this I don't know much about, but it sounds like he's they're trying to make him go through some sort of like re-education program yeah. in order to keep his, his uh, medical license or his board license or something. I, I really don't know the details of it, uh, but it sounds uh, very Canadian. <laughs> and, he, what, and his response to that was he wants apology letters and their letter, letters of rec- resignation to their current job in order for him to forgive them. I'm just like, what in the fuck is going on? This seems so extreme for, like, this dude just had an opinion on something that was posted, I think. Like, this is, it's like started off of a tweet, I believe. Well, that's the last last time he got in trouble. It started off of a tweet. It's you know, because he was talking about, like, because there was that woman, I forget what it was about, but she was a bigger woman, and he was like, I'll never, I will never say that this is beautiful, This and you can't compel me. It's, all right, man, <laughs> whatever, dude. Like, keep that to yourself. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know He's much about paid, it. though. He's paid to have an opinion. Like, his entire life is based off of his opinion and his, the you know, like, the factual knowledge he's come to through his life experience, though, like, those and then you it's just like with a comedian then you start censoring those people and like letting them know what they can and can't say like that's crazy and then you're threatening i I want to say his livelihood because jordan peterson would be fine probably without whatever this is but like like he's got a whole world built out for him where he has like a platform and money-making opportunities but like the fact that you could take like a person's what they paid money into for an education license, like whatever, you can take that away from them now because their opinion doesn't align with the thought process of your university or, you know, organization like that. That is scary to me like that. And it's happening in Canada. Like that's even weirder, but like that, that doesn't, that doesn't drive with, with like what all of that means. Like how can you put all this time and effort into something and then it can just be stripped from you like that. Do you know what a struggle session is? No. A struggle session is where in communist China, they would bring people who have done wrong out into the public and they would shame them publicly in front of an audience. And then they would have them repent for the things that they'd done wrong publicly. Um, Oftentimes it was things that went against what the Chinese communist party was saying or wanted to be believed. Uh, And so, um, this is a modern day struggle session, basically. You did not yeah. say the right thing and we hold some leverage over you. So in order for you to, uh, you know, retain your leverage pack, you're going to need uh, to publicly apologize and go through some reformation. Um, like, I don't know, dude. I, I guess it stems from something he said about Elliot Page. Um, I don't know. Called the physician yeah. who removed her breasts. Uh, or his breast now criminal and uh i don't know but like, I, I just like, don't like see why he's like, not allowed to have that opinion and if not you're gonna get your license and your education shirt from you like what no <laughs> do i get a full refund too like how does that work yeah yeah no <laughs> i i don't know man uh, i agree with you it's you know, weird t- take on take on if you feel challenged or threatened and you're not willing to take it on head on, but you're compelling somebody by using force. Guarantee you have the wrong position, but like more often than not, your position's wrong. 
Yeah, right. And then you mentioned just real quick, you mentioned China. Uh, I was listening to Rogan. Did you kind of going back through some like re- more recent older episodes? And have you listened to the one with Peter Zihan? where he's kind of no, talking my, about like global you know, politics? Sent me that um, and told totally me to dude. it, and I didn't have my earbuds, so I, I, I was traveling. I wasn't able to, and I haven't done so yet. He, I mean, I he ex- the way he explains global politics is crazy to me. It kind of makes it sound like America has nothing to worry about, and that Russia and China are going to like collapse on themselves. Um, I guess if history tells us anything, that's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, I, you'll really appreciate it. Listen to it; it's super informative, and it gives you a lot of like, like gave me a lot of perspective I didn't have on Ukraine, Russia, China, what we're doing here, uh, just a whole bunch of just world things. Like it's it's one of those podcasts where I left from it like, whoa, I feel like I just learned a lot. Nice. I didn't just like listen to a funny conversation and laugh and enjoy it. I was like, yeah, yeah took sustenance away so yeah you're like the fourth person to tell me to listen to that so that's funny man uh, that's awesome and then i saw that and then going to a funny dumb one shane gillis uh and his buddy matt are on rogan this week too which will be fucking hilarious their podcast is so funny nice right on you ever listen to that matt and shane secret podcast dude i don't i honestly oh. like it's funny like i don't listen to many podcasts anymore Really? Man, you travel so much, though. It goes cyclical. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, uh, if I'm reading a book or a movie, mm-hmm. honestly, I like to play, like, really dumb games on planes. <laughs> I just yeah. like to just, like, veg out and not do, like, anything fun. Yeah, effective. I feel you. But, I do but, a lot like, of solitaire on planes. There you go. I go, I, go in, I go in cycles of podcasts. Like, every now and then, like, I just, like, for, like, a month or two, I just quit and just yeah. listen to straight music. So I think that's where I'm at right now. I feel you. What you've been listening to? A lot, a lot of Led Zeppelin, man. Such a great band. It's like one of those bands that I find a new favorite one of their songs like every other year. Yeah, there's just more Pink music Floyd that I've not discovered, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, timeless. I feel you. Yeah, that's Pink Floyd for me for sure. Nice. All right, man. Well, uh, let's get out of here. Let's get it. Let's get us out of here. Where are they gonna find our things at, Frank? Um, you can find our things on. Twitter at Friendship and H, uh, Instagram and TikTok at Friendship News Hour, and uh, you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That's bummerdude.media at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.